Welcome back, Rooster Boosters. It is Rooster Booster time with the big guy, Scott Ferrara. And we have Rob Aramescu. He's a Rooster 2020. Um, he, uh, he, he, unfortunately, he had a truncated season, which kind of sucks as your inaugural season to the MLR. But uh, thank you, Rob, for coming. Appreciate it. So uh, yeah, we're going to get rid of Scott. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, no problem. We have a little time delay, folks. It's, uh, my internet's getting a little wonky. We have thunderstorms in New York all day. Um, but uh, we're going to get right into it. So I'm actually – I stole a question from a friend of mine. Uh, he asked this to Sam, Sam Wuching. He said, if you can take three friends with you to Vegas, what three friends would you take? <laughs> I love this question. Um, <laughs> let's see. So Anthony Perry, right off the bat. A train, um, my man. Let's see. Troy Lockyer, because he's a magician. Yeah, I mean he'll just fuck and, with Chris Angel. Yeah, and then probably Mark O'Keefe, because he's 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 a fun time. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So now if it would now now assuming you're flying from New York to LA and driving into uh, Las Vegas, what whip? What are you driving? Ooh, what whip. I like that question, too. Um, let's see. We're probably going to have to rent a car, right? So go big or go home. Probably going to get a convertible. I don't know. Nice. Maybe like a convertible Mustang or something. Nice. Yeah. They got nice V8 power, <laughs> top down, driving through the desert. That's perfect. Um, yeah. This yeah. is this, the, the next question is actually from my wife. Um, you went to Penn State. My wife's also a Nittany Lion. So uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor at the creamery? Yeah, um, it would definitely have to be Death by Chocolate. Um, I know you mentioned the Peachy Paterno in the past. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good, but generally uh, when I get ice cream, I, I either like going chocolate or vanilla, and I, I just I die for chocolate. So Death by Chocolate, I'm going to get the biggest one, and I'm going to crush it in less than five minutes, 100%. <laughs> the big guy's wife approves that it's also her favorite flavor, official. Um <laughs> She had another question. She she wanted to know what hall were you in in freshman year in East Halls? Oh, uh, I was in Brumbaugh Hall in East Halls. Nice. Uh, you had to stay in East. Uh, East mm -hmm. was like the, the 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 fun the fun dorms kind of. Uh, it was it was a great time. Loved it. Uh, and it was right next to our uh, rugby facilities, so it was about an eight minute walk to go and work out. So nice. you could be there and back. Uh, within an hour and 15 minutes. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. I got a question. Have you? Did you ever go into the agriculture section and like go cow tipping? <laughs> um, no. Nev I, I, I can honestly say that I've never gone cow tipping, but uh, I did have classes around the agriculture uh, section for sure. And I can assure you that they do wear as much camo as you expect them to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. So uh, obviously with COVID, everybody knows everything is shut down. Uh, gyms don't open till phase 27. Um, so what have you been doing to stay in shape for, for the offseason? Yeah, so luckily, um, this is going to sound kind of funny, but like two or three years ago, uh, I, I'm a big Black Friday guy. I like getting my stuff on discount. I never pay full price for stuff. So, you know, my dad and I, we're, we're at Dick's Sporting Goods, and we're looking around, and we see this, like, this like rack with, like, 300 pounds of weights and, like, all this stuff. And it was, like, 50% off. 
So we were like, oh my God, like we got to buy it. Let's get it. So we bought it and, uh, you know, we keep it at like our like little tiny cabin that I'm at right now in PA uh, in the basement. You know, fast forward two, three years later, all the gyms are shut down. I have no other option, but thank God that I bought this rack a few years ago. And honestly, it's been like the biggest blessing uh, to be able to finish work and with, or, you know, to, to finish like my day or, or anything I might be doing throughout the day and to just go downstairs like 10 second walk and have my workout, have as much hydration as I want, my music, everything, and then immediately just be in the comfort of my home has been amazing. So I, I've, I've been working out like, you know, five, six times a week, like really getting after it. Uh, and it's been great, especially not having, you know, pain in my shoulders or my hamstrings, <laughs> like general wear and tear of a season, especially an MLR season. Uh, it's been great to be at full health and just having energy to, to do those workouts in my basement, in my little dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I know everybody's been scrambling. I have a good friend of mine at work. Same thing. He, he's a big gym rat and he was scrambling to get equipment. And, you know, he went to the, um, doing the elastic bands, a lot of elastic band workouts. Um, so, you know, I think it's to each their own on what they're looking to do and just to, to keep up what they need to do. But for you having that friggin' weight rack, probably awesome. Right. I mean, it's just the greatest thing ever. It was the best purchase of my life. Uh, my, my gym membership got halted. So I wasn't even paying for gym membership anymore. Like, it was like it was just meant to be, man. I couldn't be more grateful for it. <laughs> now you work out solo, or is your dad in the cabin with you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm with both my parents. You know, first year out of college, got to milk, got to mooch the parents as much. Okay, as well, it, well, okay. So both parents. What's your mom squat? That's the question. What's my mom squat, man? Uh, props to her. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure she could. She could do some weight, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't even want to see her attempt that. It, it, it has bad news written all over it. Same with my dad. Let's stay away from the squat. Maybe my dad might be able to bench a little bit, but, you know, with the lower backs these days, I don't know if my 50, 60-year-old parents uh, should be doing that. That's all. Yeah, I can hear the slip discs from over all the way in New York. Uh, but, oh, um, my God. <laughs> but you actually – you played a, a bunch of meaningful minutes this season. Um, I know – you came in. You were you were set to be a, a play hook, and you were kind of back in the back row a little bit. What is your preferred position? Um, yeah, so I mean, that's a tough question because at the end of the day, like what what the coaches say and what they believe, like you know, Greg, Greg and Marty are world class coaches, and like even if you believe something, like what they say is is, is usually correct. Like they yeah. know rugby in and out. And, uh, like, I, I do believe I'm a hooker, 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's my body type. Uh, that's my height. I definitely, you know, wish I could have a couple more inches so I could uh, really, like, take, like, you know, do some good, good work in that back row. But uh, I think developing into a hooker uh, is, is what will be most beneficial for me. And I think, like, that's where I can excel the most, for sure. Awesome. You know, it's people don't realize how nuanced hook hook is. I mean, everybody talks about, oh, tight head, tight head, tight head. You know, I mean, we, we've heard it all before, but there's something to be said about being in the middle of that and me being loose and playing tight. And I played flank for a while because, you know, D4, you're all over the place. Um, but we, we always had the same hooker. And because that position was so nuanced, it helped to 
build somebody up. So we would always try and build a new guy coming in who didn't know about rugby into a hooker. Because once you get that nuance down, once you get your foot position down, once you can trust that your props are definitely going to hold you up, it kind of releases some of that anxiety and you can just worry about getting the ball back. Um, so, again, truncated season. We, I think we only had five or six matches. Um, what What do you think was the toughest competition you guys faced out of your your season? Yeah, don't don't even have to think about the answer to this question uh, right away. San Diego Legion. Um, that was that was the best team I've ever played against. Uh, some of some of the best individuals um, I've ever played against. Like you know, you're looking at the skills part of the game, and and, and in that match on both sides, Rooney and San Diego combined, like there were like no mistakes made, uh, like like virtually no mistakes made. I yeah, mean, I mean at, you at can't. Rooney yeah. And you're looking at Rooney, and you know dominating the scrum. Like I've never seen a scrumming performance like that before. And then you're looking at San Diego, and their kicks are like so on point. Their offloads are all going to hand. Mm. Like it was definitely unbelievable. And uh, I, I definitely feel like I got a lot better just playing in that match. Just, just playing at that level of intensity w- was unbelievable. And the atmosphere of that game was insane. You know, having 5,000 fans or, you know, however many there were, that's what it felt like at least just screaming the whole time. And it, it, it was unbelievable. Like uh, it was definitely the toughest competition and the greatest atmosphere uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, San Diego was so strong, obviously undefeated. I mean, you can claim they were the 2020 champs by just being, you know, the record they had. Um, but honestly, yeah, you win a championship in the playoffs, as, as San Diego has, has figured out twice. Yeah, regular season means yeah. nothing. Warriors yeah. went 73-9, and nine, the Patriots went 16-0, and 0, and, and both yeah. teams didn't win a championship. So Absolutely. that's not how it works, unfortunately. But they were a very good team, mm-hmm. not to take anything away from them. Oh, yeah, and like you said, when they got rolling, you know, now they're in game five playing against a Rooney team. You guys showed up, and I think, you know, uh, with Iron Sharpens Iron, you were playing against the competition, and you stepped up to it um, after a slow first match, and it showed, and it, you're right. It, was, it wasn't a mistake, a mistake-free match. You never get one of those, but it was limited mistakes. Rooney was powerful in the scrum. San Diego was kind of kicking you guys' butts on the lineouts, and th- and that's really just those those little things, if you can – find a way to make adjustments to you can turn that tide a little bit again it was a great great match um always always good matches Rudy san diego they always come down to the oh, wire yeah. um so that that tees up the next question so you know san diego if they're on the schedule next season you might be in a pack against chris robshaw what do you think about that Oh, I think that's awesome. I I would love an opportunity like that to play against like a a, a player of that caliber. Like, not only would it get me fired up, you know, it would it would get me in the zone, ready to go, uh, and try to put out my best performance. But I'd also look at it as an opportunity to learn as much as I can from you know seasoned vet. You know, he's thirty four years old, playing most of his his ball on unreal teams his whole life. Um, it would be absolutely unbelievable uh, to do that. And, you know, I would definitely love to step to the plate to that and, and show what I have as well. Um, so that would definitely be really cool. Uh, definitely pretty sad that I didn't get to play uh, against Ma Nonu. Uh, yeah. That would have been unreal. That would have been cool. Uh, I definitely wanted to see him and Bastler get after it. But, uh, yeah, no, I would love to step uh, to the plate against uh, Rob Shaw. That would be a fun time. I could just imagine that collision between Nanu and, and Basta, just the 
it would cause an earthquake on the opposite side of the world or something. I mean, oh my God, I, I definitely think it would. <laughs> I mean, and you can attest to this. You know, I was telling people about Basta. You know, everybody's like, oh, he's overweight, he's slow. He, for his body size, he wasn't slow. I got to be quite honest. Um, especially seeing him live during practices and stuff, he was quick and quick footed, and he had that that like agility that you don't see a lot. And uh, man, he he could he could run people over. <laughs> Yeah, um, he that was I've never seen a man of his size move like that for sure. Um, and the craziest thing about him was like he would not go down on a one person tackle ever. Like even if even if you had him wrapped up, like he'd still be staying up and he'll usually offload that too. So like um, that was definitely one of one of the toughest people to tackle on our team. Like you know it, just just in practice like. Being one on one with Basta is a hell of a task, and uh, even when you have him wrapped up, the job's not even half over because he's not going down. You got to make a serious collision to bring him down. Um, so yeah, it was awesome playing with him. He's so skilled and so powerful. Like it was, it was crazy. That yeah, I mean, just to have that experience, and then you had a lot. You have a lot of guys on the Rooney team, obviously, all the guys who came through season one. But then you have guys like Mike Brown, who's been in the MLR since the inception. Matt working the same thing. You have guys who are like Dylan and Kyle, who are in pro rugby, the ill-fated pro rugby. Um, so coming to Rooney, did it feel like did it did it feel like you had these guys that could show you what it means to be a professional rugby player and, and make that next level jump? Yeah, right off the bat, I mean, first player I think of is is Butcher, Dylan Fawcett. Um, I, I feel like this first season I was really just trying to learn, learn the ropes and, and really just learn everything I can. And he couldn't have been more amazing uh, as a teacher. Like, um, he, he was never – he never kept anything a secret or anything like that. You know, we played the same position. He's straight up just like, look, like this is what you got to do. This is how you're going to excel at it. Um, this is how you have to do, like I was in the locker room and, you know, I'd be unsure of something like before I'd even go to ask him, he would come to me or any, any of the players and be like, Hey, is anyone unsure of anything? It's okay to ask questions. This is where we get, get the kinks out. This is where you get the questions out. Um, so learning from him was, was definitely unbelievable just because he made it so easy. Like he was, he was the first, the first person to teach you the first person to be like, all right, Rob, let's go. Like, uh, let's work on our chip kicks. And I'm laughing at him. I'm like, Oh yeah. Chip kicks. Yeah. Like we're going to do this. Sure enough against ATL, he does do a chip kick and Marco keeps scores. And I'm like, wow, I will never doubt anything you ever say again, man. <laughs> and it was not a top five MLR try, which I, I still tweeted them about. It was beautiful. It was Ridiculous. Beautiful. Ridiculous. Um, Who's just so? This? Yeah, I don't. I didn't understand it. I mean, it's gorgeous. But anyway, so here's here's a question: Your favorite sports movie? Ooh, favorite sports movie. Hmm, definitely got to think about that for a second. Um, there's just so many. <laughs> it's tough. I know. For me personally, I'm a hockey guy too. Slapshot, up there. Slapshot, huh? Yeah. I just I feel like I feel like I'm gonna miss something if I say it. Um, I mean, right off the bat, like I'm thinking like Friday Night Lights, you know, Unreal, mm -hmm. Unreal movie. Um, this this is gonna this is gonna come out of left field, but Gridiron Gang just yeah, that's got a good me one. got me fired up to play all the time. Like the the Rock was like just everyone yeah. like was so convincing in that. 
you got Coach Carter, like teaching That's you know, teaching people that you know sports aren't just sports, like it's actually teaching you things in life and all that. Like that was good. And then you got like longest yard, which is just <laughs> hilarious. But you know what? It's actually really good football. When you yeah. have Michael Irvin and Nelly running the ball with Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin at fullback, like I mean, they had some good, so many. good football players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Longest Shard had. I mean, Stone Cold played football, you know, into college. Um, uh, oh my God, um, uh, Kevin Nash was a football player and ex wrestler. Uh, oh God, I'm I'm missing people. Friggin' uh, Romanowski Goldberg. He's another one. He played. He played. I think. I don't you think he played Terry NFL. At tight end. Yeah, Terry Crews, another guy who played NFL. He's Burger Eddie. Yeah. At Romanowski's there. I mean, you had you know a ton of people that were in it, and it, it was nice to actually see football that looked good that wasn't as produced. I think. Um, so here, here's another question about movies. This is this is an out of left field one. Have you ever seen the movie Puddle Cruiser? Puddle Cruiser. No, yeah. unfortunately, I have not. Do you want to give me a little spiel on it? So you know the Broken Lizards guys, the Super Troopers guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They their first movie was called Putter Cruiser, and it's about a guy who loses <laughs> his girlfriend to a rugby player and he joins the rugby team to try and get her back. How how have we not heard about this? We need to you know what you need to do? An official the big guy rec movie recommendation. You need to put it out on the website. You need to be like, guys. This is the movie you need to watch. It's unreal. This is why. <laughs> well, I mean, I th I feel like out of all the rugby movies you can watch, it's funny. There's rugby in it. It's not kind of stereotypical like Forever Strong and all those other movies. And it kind of gives you the insight of that you might not have because you played Division One rugby, but more of what the experience I had playing Division Four, where you just have hopefully you have 15 guys to play. Hopefully the first shows up. Hopefully the other team shows up, which was yeah. Yeah. Most of how we played. Oh, also, how can I not mention Invictus? See, I knew. Oh, Invictus. Anyone. There you go. Yeah, as I'm we all know, and, Matt Damon and winning part, World the Cup. My favorite part of movies is when they're true stories, and yeah, it was a true story. That's unbelievable. Great rugby movie, and they did. Mm -hmm. They honestly did a really good job on the actual rugby part of it as well. So, love that movie. Definitely up there as well. Absolutely. No, you're right. Their rugby scenes were really good and the depictions of the All Blacks and how good they were in Jonah Lamu. And and I think oh, yeah. as a non-rugby fan, you understood the build-up to that World Cup match and just how powerful you know the All Blacks were at that time. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a great one. Invictus is a good one. So um, going back to Rooney-type stuff, uh, again, first year, what, do you, what did you do when you had butterflies pregame? Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely butterflies out there. Um, I definitely like have a, a few, a few little rituals. Uh, you know, like like a little little little, pray, little prayer just just to keep safe. Like you know, I'm not I'm not asking for a lot, but I'm just asking to keep safe. Uh, when I'm stepping on the field, I'm stepping on the field with my right my right foot, setting your best foot forward, your right foot forward. Um, that, that that's really it. I mean, nothing nothing really crazy. I mean, the butterflies are gonna be there, but once that first hit happens, like so much adrenaline is pumping through through the veins, like you 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 forget that you're even nervous, and you're just like, all right, let's go. Like, what's my next job, and who can I hit now? You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you, Mikey Brown, and Butcher kind of all had the same answer, as far as you're kind of just mentally preparing for that first hit to get that out, um, and then you're you're. Once you get once you're in the game, you're in the game. So I, I think that's funny coming from the 
line of hookers, you know. Um, <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess, you know, you're with those guys most of the time, so you prepare like those guys, and you guys are all in the same mindset, and I think that's good because it shows that you're a unit, you're cohesive, there's some synergy there, you're thinking relatively the same things, and that's how you win a team sport is that synergy, so it's nice to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's also, in, in rugby, I've also learned that there is a lot of thinking in the game, but it's not like it's not like, you know, you're taking time and thinking about it and then doing something. Everything you're really doing is more muscle memory. So you're not really like taking time out and like, okay, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? And that's where like the nerves start coming in. You know, when you're in the game, it's really just muscle memory the whole time. And it's, it's just everything's happening so fast, especially in the MLR when the ball's coming out in 2.5 to 3 seconds in the ruck. Like you don't even have time to, to you know, you don't mm -hmm. even have time to think about something you set up and the second you're set, you're already going again. So uh, definitely no time for being nervous. But, uh, you know, when they're calling your name and they're saying, all right, like, let's go, like you're about to get in the game. That's that's a pretty wild time. Uh, and, and that's definitely where you start getting really pumped up. But, uh, yeah, no, no time for nervousness once you're in the game. <laughs> so we're going to stick with this pregame thing here. Um, what's your favorite pregame meal? Oh, pregame meal. So you mean like the meal, like the last meal be before the game? Yeah, I mean, some people um, like Butcher doesn't eat. He's on the fasting. So depending on when you guys have a match, he might not eat, you know. Yeah, I'm a very – I'm pretty similar to Butcher. Uh, it's just funny <laughs> that we're so similar in these things. But um, I can't be eating anything heavy. Like I feel it in my stomach immediately. I think I, think I can't have a big meal – within like four hours before the game mm -hmm. anything in between that four hour period i'm probably eating like snacks like you know uh granola bar or mm -hmm. a banana or you know peanut butter or something like that uh you definitely don't want to want to feel that food during the game uh it, it's not like it's going to come up or anything but like it just you feel slower you feel yeah. sluggish um, you, you know, when I'm on the field, I want to feel light. I want to feel quick on my feet. Um, and that definitely helps too. So nothing worse than having that heavy meal, like inside your belly, uh, while you're playing. So I agree <laughs> with butcher within four hours before the game, I'm eating a teeny tiny snack. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you know, when I played and I played football and I played hockey, I played a lot of sports. I was always the same too. It felt like if I ate a lot beforehand, I couldn't focus on what was happening either on the pitch or on the field or on the ice. Um, so I definitely see that. And that seems to be the pattern with most people. Um, even guys who answered like, you know, I will eat this for like, I'm eating this six hours before the match. It's not like I'm eating it, yeah. you know, going into the locker room and I'm having spaghetti and meatballs. So I, I definitely see that. And, he, and, and even then that, that meal is like grilled chicken with like yeah. a tiny bit of like carbs and mm -hmm. like, you know, a little bit of vegetables. Like, it's really, it's really nothing impressive either. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, listen, you have to, in, in this day and age of high performance athletes, you have to stay on your regiment and stay on your healthy diet. Or some people, some guys are on unhealthy diets is, you know, um, yeah. uh, Michael Phelps, he has to eat like 12,000 calories a day when he was doing his Olympic yeah. training. That's, you know, ridiculous. So he could, he could afford yeah. to eat the cheeseburgers and stuff just so he kept up his body mass. Um, but I think that, so actually, this is a good question because this is something we were at, we were debating a couple weeks ago before the draft. Do you feel that Penn State and their rugby, the way they run their rugby team, 
translates to the pro game? Like how like do you think you practiced you guys practice five days a week? Was it very regimented? Like how how how'd it go? Yeah, um, we did we did practice five five four to five days a week. Mm -hmm. I mean yeah. the fifth day, like there, you know, there's some like walkthroughs and walk yeah. or, or like a film day mm -hmm. or like a recovery day. So yeah. it was really honestly when we had games, we had no, yeah, we had one day off. So we six days a week we're we're we're, we're playing some mm -hmm. sort of rugby or thinking or talking about rugby. Um, yeah, and even on that day off, we're still having meetings. We're doing that. So yeah, definitely. Uh, Justin Hunley, our head coach. He runs it just like a pro team. Uh, he's, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely really great at understanding like guys is uh, school commitments. Like mm -hmm. he, he won't make you feel bad if you got a, you know, if you got a test or, you know, he, he completely understands, but it's every single day we're doing something rugby, um, you know, and in a school where there's so many distractions, he's making sure like we're limiting those distractions. So that environment was really good as well. Um, I definitely will say offensively um, he, that translated to the pro game very well as well. Yeah. Uh, Penn State runs a very, a very quick and uh, getting the ball wide kind of offense. Mm -hmm. Like numbers one through 15 need to all have really good passes and mm -hmm. all need to be really in shape. That's what Hunley believes and it works for us. Um, yeah. And I, I think definitely offensively. Um, it translates to, to the pro game perfectly. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, historically we always had a tiny bit of trouble defensively. Um, so, you know, that's where I'm a little hesitant to, <laughs> to answer that uh, because, you know, playing defense in the MLR is like day and night versus college. Mm -hmm. Like in D1 rugby, there is – the defense is terrible. It is disgusting no one is even that good besides like the top five teams. And like, you can run all over people when you're playing in the ARP for Nyack or old blue, or you're playing for Rooney, those guys are on a mission to kill you when, when they're coming <laughs> at you. It is completely different. And if you're not ready for that, like it's going to be a rude awakening for sure. So, but then again, it was also very nice being like, okay, I know the guy to my left. I know the guy to my right is going to mm. be coming up super hard and is going to lay a hit. So yeah. I felt more comfortable, you know, doing the same. So absolutely, uh, yeah. That 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 was definitely a, a big difference from the college game. Definitely the defense. So um, recently, you've been playing a little uh, rugby twenty. I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what's your what's your official record now? My official record, my official professional record, is one and one. Uh, first game. <laughs> I lost to the South China Tigers, 19 to 10. Uh, we called it 19 to 5 because the power went out uh, <laughs> on the recording. Uh, but I ended up scoring a try in that final play. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That last game was insane. I was down 17 to 0 at halftime. Oh, Depressed. Man. I was like, dude, I'm going to be the laughing stock of this organization. Like, they trusted me with this game, and I'm doing terrible. <laughs> sure enough. I get a line out. I, I end up. I end up making it twelve to seventeen. I have a line out in the 79th minute on the five meter line. You know, Rudy has a great mall. You know, <laughs> we go to mall it in. We get it out wide. Score seventeen to seventeen. That final kick just goes in by this much. I end up winning it nineteen to seventeen. 
honestly one of the craziest uh, sports video games I've ever played in my whole entire life <laughs> is that second game. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, we loved watching. It was fun. So do you have another set of games coming up with that? Um, not that I know of as of now. There have definitely been murmurs and rumors. I know Matt McCarthy 100% wants to see uh, more of that going. He was so mm-hmm. amazing with the whole process, by the way. Like, he really is like what American rugby needs uh, in this country. He's like a high level commentator that is so passionate about the sport and just like makes everything exhilarating to watch. Yeah. Like we were watching a video game for Christ's sake and he made it like, I felt like I was <laughs> watching a real game. Like it was crazy. Uh, so yeah, uh, he, he's, he's been trying to see if we can get a couple more games going, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's it's fun to do something rugby-related and, and not actually be playing rugby. Uh, but it's good to get out there. It's good to see other teams that aren't in the MLR. So it's glad to see that cooperation between everybody. And like you said, Matt McCarthy's a great ambassador for the for American rugby and rugby in general. And happy birthday, Matt. It was his birthday the other day. Um, yeah, so, happy belated, Matt. <laughs> um, and so my last question for you is how do you think – being a professional athlete helps you become a better person? Oh, there's just so many things. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, discipline. Like, uh, you know, in order to be a professional athlete, there's just so many parts of the game that you need to be disciplined. You can never be late. Your diet has to be amazing. You have to keep up with your workouts. You need to watch film. You need to be paying attention. You need to come prepared and take notes at every single session of the game. I mean, the discipline factor is, is first and foremost. Second of all, like the leadership, I mean, you know, obviously you have our leadership group and we have the captain and vice captain, but at the end of the day, you're playing pro rugby. Every single one of the, one of the players on our team is a leader in one way or another. Obviously some guys are more extroverted than others, but just the leadership aspect aspect of the game is is insane and when you come into a work scenario or any kind of scenario in life you'll see that in rugby players and especially professional athletes and then lastly uh is the most obvious one is communication uh the whole entire game is based off of communication and you need zero skill zero talent to communicate you literally just need to do it so you know when it translates to off the field whether you know you're giving someone a talk or you're working or, or this and that, I mean, rugby players are just going to be so much better at communicating with others. So that right there is three skills that 100% relate into any aspect of the world that isn't professional rugby. That's great. And I think you're right. I think um, that's those are skills you bring into your work life, into your personal life, whether you know, you're married or you have a partner or your family. And I think that's something you try and instill in your children if you have children. Or if you coach, you try and instill that into the young ones. That That's great. I loved it. Um, so, Rob, thank you so much. Again, Rooster Roosters. We have Rob Aramescu uh, here with you. And, Rob, thank you so much for being on. Hey, thank you so much, Scott. Really appreciate it. Always love talking to the big guy. Um, send me the clip to that movie. I would love to <laughs> definitely, watch it. And, definitely. And uh, hope you have a good night. Absolutely, man. And Rooster Boosters, we'll catch you next time on Rooster Booster Time. Thanks. <laughs>